All right, everyone. How you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have another OG who's a major staple in the Arizona community, um, Brian Armand. How you doing, man? Good, good. How's it going, man? Uh, doing pretty well. Um, I, I, I sort of explained to uh, Nate after we were done recording, uh, Nate Evans, um, about why I wanted to get some of these OGs on, um, and I'll explain that to you later and maybe to the crowd later, but... Uh, to kind of give you guys an idea, especially for the international viewers, um, Armand has been around dodgeball for a long time. Um, I want to say since 06, right? Yeah, it's been a yeah, long time. Yeah, 06, so, I think, is when I got my start, yeah. Yeah, so pretty much when I graduated high school, this guy was just getting his foot off the ground. And um, <laughs> needless to say, uh, he's been a major staple, not just in Arizona, but in the United States as a whole. Um, anyone who knows Brian, knows Headhunters, knows Legion of Boom, knows his stints with Rise of Brutality, who's also a major staple, um, arguably the longest standing staple in the United States uh, competitive scene. Um, you should know Brian. And um, I'm sure there's a couple teams I miss in there. So if that's the case, I'm sorry. But those are the three teams that stand in mind um, when I when I think of you. So. After that long-winded intro, uh, let's get some of these preliminaries out of the way. So, um, Brian, uh, what is uh, your jersey number, and what's the story behind it? So, jersey number that I was rock is, is 24. Um, I grew up when I was playing sports, uh, probably like most kids, man. I loved Ken Griffey Jr. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was my guy. I just loved, you know, the way he approached – you know, not only sports in general, but just life and, and how charismatic and and how he would just, you know, navigate, you know, his sports life, his, his personal life. So he was always a big influence. So once I locked on to him, uh, that was my number ever since, you know, even going through his video games on, on Super NES, I had the King Griffey Jr. game. It was like my favorite baseball game to play. So uh, it's just paying homage to one of the one of the greats. Uh, and another thing you just hinted at right there, um, you're also a big retro video game nerd, which is something we both share. Yes, and uh, yeah, I think the Ken Griffey baseball games were the only baseball games I actually enjoyed playing. Yeah. Um, now that I think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, now I'm feeling really old. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm, now I'm at the stage where I'm having a five o'clock shadow and I have white hair. At the same time, I'm like, wow, this this is actually happening to me now. Thanks, yeah. Brian. Oh yeah, for reminding oh, yeah. I got, me. I got, uh, I got a bunch of gray in the beard now, and I'm, I look at myself when I go to shave, and I'm like, why does like random hair grow out of weird places when you get older, man? <laughs> and just for the record, people, I'm only 34. Relax, I'm not that old. But I feel it sometimes. Um, <laughs> so. Okay, definitely a great homage. Uh, for me, obviously, 24, I would put along with Kobe Bryant, Charles oh, yeah. Woodson, um, and, yeah, even Ken Griffey Jr. So a lot of solid people have wore that number before. Uh, so you said you started playing in uh, 2006. Um, mm -hmm. Nate brought you over from competitive softball. Is that correct? Yeah, so Nate and I uh, grew up. We played, you know, numerous sports together, softball, basketball, um, so yeah, he, he had hit me up one day. Somehow he had found dodgeball at, uh, at an open gym and he hit me up one day and he was like, man, you gotta, you gotta come out and you gotta try this out. So went to an open gym. It's like, you know, 
We're there for like an hour and a half and just, you know, excitement from, from the moment I, I stepped in the gym. And uh, I remember he checked on me the next day and he was like, how you doing, man? How, how's, how do you like it? And I'm like, I'm really in love with it. My, my right arm won't stop shaking right now, but, but what, what do I got to do to get, to get on more of this? So that's, that's how it started. <laughs> so you had the initial, uh, initial shakes after throwing oh, yeah. that 8.5 ball. Oh yeah. Throwing that 8.5 just <laughs> numerous times for an hour and a half, just thinking that I could just put a hole through everybody. And that wasn't the case. At least early on though. Um, yeah, at least early on when you're trying at to least early it out. On. Yeah. <laughs> at least early on, no. And if you want to hear um, his uh, Brian's story, but from Nate's perspective, it's in Nate's interview in the archives, season five, because um, he definitely goes into his own detail, his own perspective on that end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, um, so was this uh, – I'm going to be throwing back some uh, major throwbacks for you. Was this – Phoenix Dodgeball, was it Tucson, was it X-League? What was this open gym associated with? This open gym was uh, Phoenix Dodgeball. This would have been ran by Steve, right? Uh, yeah, Steve, and then uh, later on Ryan uh, started to help out, but yeah. Um, was this in the armory, or was this outside in, like, the tennis courts? Uh, it was inside the gymnasium. We were actually in, uh, yeah, just the uh, – basketball court oh, okay so you okay you didn't play in either of those two got it um mm-hmm. i was just trying to like piece together where and where yep um so obviously outside of your right arm borderline collapsing uh you you fell in love with it right away what was it about it that um hooked you right away um i think it's one of those things where it's like uh like i was saying you know i went into this open gym and, and i'm thinking you know uh growing up i had been like a pitcher and you know, I played played football, and I, and I had a pretty good arm tossing the football, even though I didn't play quarterback. I played, like, tight end and defensive end. But you're going in, and you're like, man, I, I have the mechanics that I think I should be just laser beaming people, right? Um, <laughs> and you quickly find out that there's way more involved in this sport than it leads on to be, like, that cliche when, when whenever we tell people we play dodgeball and they're like, oh, like the movie? You know, we always get – we always – every – all of us who play competitive dodgeball know – that that's the worst thing to say because, you know, all the mechanics that you have to have, the the awareness, the vision, the smarts, like it all goes back into just playing, you know, any organized sport that I've ever played before. But this was on such a different level that it's, you know, you're thinking if you step up into the center line and you're about to blast somebody, that that's probably the best shot that you're going to get at somebody, not knowing that, you know, it's better for your ball to have some time to travel on that velocity because you're going to get caught square up on the line you know, by anybody. And like in that open gym, I'll get caught left and right by, you know, everybody, you know, even I was so impressed that there was, you know, the co-ed mixing it and, you know, girls weren't afraid of the guys that were throwing that were my size and they were just, you know, eating up the ball with catches and all that kind of stuff. So that, that really had me hooked to where I was like, okay, I really got to learn what's going on here. And and I want to be one of the greats when, you know, when I'm done. Well, I could I can say as a as one of your friends and as a fan of the sport, uh, you definitely are one of the greats. Hence, why I wanted to have this opportunity to share your story. Um, and yeah, I would say from my perspective, when you mentioned that women weren't really afraid of the guys your size or bigger, it stands out. I mean, I'd argue that um, 
the co-ed scene really developed from there mm -hmm. uh, and then traveled more westward over to here. Uh, is that safe to say? Yeah, definitely. I knew, you know, our AZ girls, we always prided them on being some of the toughest girls. Um, you know, we didn't have, uh, I didn't get introduced to any other type of ball until, you know, playing with some of the West Coast teams and, and traveling to like Vegas tournaments. Like it, it's all 8.5 uh, in Arizona, at least when I started back then. I didn't know what foam was. I didn't know what any of that was. <laughs> Well, I can promise you, your arm would probably not shake as much with foam as it would have been with 8.5. Uh, right. <laughs> I could say that. Uh, so what was your first um, competitive tournament? Would it have been uh, Grand Canyon or would it have been uh, NDL? First competitive tournament? Yeah, I think it was Grand Canyon. Um, what year would that have been? Oof. Yeah, back in that 2006, maybe approaching into 2007, but because uh, I know when I came on, you know, just playing in the in the uh, rec league for Phoenix Dodgeball, like once we we went through the open gym and came on, um, that's kind of when I started my stint. Nate and I kind of got recruited by, you know, the one and only Bill Fair to start playing for Rampage. Um, oh, I wow. remember you you played on Rampage. Yeah, so when I first came in, that was my. Uh, you know, uh, Bill was awesome, you know, as far when I think back on it now, like Bill was like one of those guys that, that travels around and, and is on the recruitment side of everything. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's scouring the talent and stuff like that. So, yeah, Nate and I got got picked up and uh, started playing with Rampage. Um, it's kind of when I met, met like Steve Damon and, you know, Chris Bell and all them when, you know, they were you know steve's a little older sorry steve but you know i was playing i was playing was like you know chris bell and these guys are just you know babies at the time um yeah. but yeah so grand canyon probably would have been our first one and i think we did like a hybrid split because there were so many people on rampage that we kind of you know split off um the teams and kind of developed two of them so yeah that was my first grand canyon probably would have been my first big taste of a of a tournament <laughs> Um, so yeah, I kind of mentioned this with Nate's interview. Um, if you weren't playing NDL and if you weren't on the East coast where they had Mercer madness, the West coast equivalent would have been the grand Canyon state games. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to touch on, um, something that I noticed was a common theme was a hist in the history of those games. Um, even though the tournament always took place in Arizona, nine times out of 10, it seemed like rise was winning the championships. Mm -hmm. So I, how how did that affect? I know you're not from Arizona. I know you're from Kansas City, but how did that affect that regional pride? Like, did you feel like every time there was a Grand Canyon State Games, was there like a collective vibe of anyone but Rise should win it, kind of thing? Like, keep the title in the state, kind of thing. Was there any kind of vibes like that? Um, I mean, definitely. I I I heard about you know the Rise was like the big one on the scene when I first came on. You know, they were the ones too to be whenever any of these tournaments came around. And I guess when I was younger, came on, you know, I was like early twenties, mid twenties. Like uh, I kept on hearing about rise, rise, rise. And, you know, we would watch, I would watch some of their older videos and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, there's definitely, you know, when you get in there and I think, you know, when I got on rampage and you're talking to all the guys there, like that was one of the things it's like, Hey, we got to beat rise we can't keep letting them take our title from arizona back to cali you know and uh 
I think it. I, I think it's a thing all around. Like whenever you know we would travel out to the West, you know they didn't want us to win. Uh, you don't want an AZ team coming back. You know, even though we're <laughs> we're all on the West side, like you don't want an AZ team coming back from a Cali tournament with with the prize money or the trophy. You know. <laughs> um, so yeah, you definitely want to rep for for the state that you're in. Yeah, I just wanted to see if that that was like a collective vibe because I know for me, um, even though I wasn't in the scene at the time, if I was in Arizona. I would have a respectful, albeit resentful vibe that the San Diego team is winning every title that's in my state. Yeah. Again, respectful, but resentful. I think that's the best way to kind of put it there. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> so um, w- when did the formation of uh, Headhunters uh, come into play? Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing we have Facebook, man, because I'm getting old and I have to have <laughs> from reminders now. Because <laughs> so yeah, two I think 2008. Um, so late 2007, you know, coming into 2008, because I think in 2008 is when we won one of the first big uh, tournaments as headhunters, and that was in in Vegas. But uh, you know, uh, it was one of those things where we had been playing on Rampage for a while. Um, there was a time to where like I said, Nate and I had always played sports together. So it's pretty much, you know, being on the court with your right hand and your left hand when it came to me and him. And mm. at a certain point, we got split off into two separate Rampage teams, myself on one, Nate on the other. Um, and throughout going through, it just wasn't successful. And through me and him kind of getting together and talking, we were like, dude, we got to be playing on the same court because it's just – we're already in tune with each other and we know what each other's thinking. We know what we're going to do. We know where we wanted to go. So behind the scenes, we kind of started, you know, to formulate and be like, okay, cool. Well, let's break off. Even though we're young, let's break off and start our own team. And then from there, we just, you know, uh, started to strategize on who we wanted to take with us and, and who we could get and, and kind of built it um, with that in mind. So. Yeah, so I mean, arguably breaking off from a staple established team like Rampage mm-hmm. um, to form another staple team that people should know about in Headhunters. That that took how long? How long did that take? The formation. So the formation was was once we decided to do it, it was pretty quick. I think we had the team on paper when it was me and Nate within like a, like a couple months of just being like, okay, here's kind of the blueprint of who we wanted. And this is, we knew we needed a men's and a co-ed. So, you know, we were even thinking about the girls that we wanted to, to have as well. Um, so, yeah, a couple of months of just forming and, and looking on paper. And then, you know, we started to put plan in action. And then I think we were up and running within, you know, six months as far as a, as a team. Yeah, nice. Um, and uh, if you look at the, the Headhunter jerseys from way back in the day, the one thing that stands out, at least to me, are the shrunken voodoo heads. Yeah. Is that your idea? Uh, actually, I had a buddy at the time. He was a, a graphic designer. So we were working with him on the first one um, and put those shrunken heads together. I think Nate and I, when we were thinking about it, kind of liked that whole aspect. We went down a couple different roads. Um, but, yeah, we kind of landed on the voodoo shrunken head. Um <laughs> You know, kind of spears, you know, being pierced. Yeah. In. So, um, 
yeah, the stitches over their eyes because they were, you know, looked like they were, you know, unconscious at that point, you know. Um, yeah, it was definitely a, a team effort and, and you know, we're glad. Like, I love the the first prototypes we had were like those green and, and gold kind of ones. Um, and then we switched over to the black and yellow. And even though I love the old ones, which were the vintage that we came out with, I think the black and yellow was like when we were really – humming along as a team and you know we definitely won our first tournament in vegas in the black and yellow jerseys we saved them <laughs> until we got to vegas to like roll them out oh the, you decided to debut them right in vegas yeah yeah so we're yeah we debuted them <laughs> in vegas and uh yeah I, I couldn't be happier with when we did that and those are just yeah some iconic jerseys that i think everybody uh remembers so oh for sure those definitely um those definitely are the the jerseys I, I remember, if anything, uh, when I think black and yellow and thinking of you and Nate and, like, whoever else you may have had on the team, uh, I just think, like, of course, with any Arizona team, and it's for the viewers out there, for any Arizona team back in the day and arguably now with foam and nosting, they were heavy hitting, they were violent, and they were, com- they were coming at you. Whether they were from Phoenix, whether they are from Tucson, there was an Arizona identity that's attached to – just overall intensity and brutality. And you look at this team in Headhunters, their black and yellow jerseys, it kind of reminds me of the old school Pittsburgh Steelers, um, the Steel Curtain, mm-hmm. back when you could borderline murder someone on the football field <laughs> in the 70s and 80s. Uh, if you look at any of those highlights on YouTube, yeah, you could not do half of those hits in the NFL. But just to kind of give you an idea, these guys were heavy hitting and um, – Black and yellow are very synonymous with that in more ways than one. So um, with the color choices, uh, who, who came up with the black and yellow color choices? Yeah, so again, uh, it was one of those things where, yeah, Nate and I got together and, uh, um, you know, we came up with the black and yellow because you could use, like, you know, cool kind of, like, thunder schemes, you know, lighting and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, to pair well. The, the black and yellow song was popular back then too. So it just, it just, <laughs> it just fit well because I think we even, you know, made a video and, and that song no. is, is in the video. So yeah, it just all worked at the time, you know? No way. You guys actually have a, a black and yellow music video. Yeah. So yeah, we just did like a highlight video and I believe that's, you know, that's gotta be in there somewhere. I know, I know if we went back and found it, I know, I could ask Nate for all this stuff because he probably kept it. Like Nate, Nate did a, a lot of cool stuff, and and uh, he knew a lot of people that could throw stuff together as well as Nate would try and do it himself too. He was very, you know, uh, tech savvy that way and uh, wanted to to represent <laughs> us good because a lot of people had some good videos. You know, Rise, you know, had some good stuff going on. Rampage, you know, they would cut some good stuff. Um, uh, they had uh, Ben Snyder was on that team. I'm sure you know Ben Snyder, but he's a photographer. Yeah. So for Rampage, they had a cool hookup because he was a photographer. So I remember some of my first photos uh, were from him when I was on Rampage. And, uh, you know, it's me standing there with two balls and you have the background of lighting coming down. And I'm like, in a looks like I'm in like a stadium. Uh, <laughs> so just very cool to like pump up your image and, 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 you know, how you feel about yourself as a dodgeball player in your team. So. <laughs> I got. I gotta see this music video now. I gotta see it. <laughs> not, not because of the song. I just. I, I feel. You know what? You know what just really struck my mind. This interview I had with Nate. He did not mention anything about this. What? So there's part of me that's disappointed that he didn't remember that he did this. 
but at the same time, I'm glad I know about this, and now I'm gonna look for it, look for it like crazy on Facebook. Yeah, if it's not there, I'll definitely I'll have to shoot him a message when we're done because I know he's got some stuff. So we'll, we'll definitely get some stuff over to you. Oh, for sure. Thank you. Um, how long was um, uh, Headhunters around for before you guys researched back in 2019? Man, so we had a we had a pretty good run. Um, I want to say at least two or three years that we were. You know, on the scene, competitive as headhunters. Someone like it was a lot longer. It, it might have been a lot longer. Like I said, I'm getting a little old, so you know, <laughs> forgive me if, if it's if it's off. But I know we had a pretty decent run, like you, you know, maybe two to four years somewhere between there, because you know, then then we started to cross in, and that's where it, it all gets confusing to me because we branch off. We have like Legion of Boom, and you know, started started getting into some of the trampoline dodgeball stuff, you know, so. And that was actually going to be my next transition. Um, you, you you got interested in uh, UDC and, and you formed Legion of Boom. Um, what, what were your thoughts on trampoline? Yeah, so uh, as a bigger guy, um, I would never, I would never be like, hey, this this sport that I love so well should transition to a trampoline or multiple trampolines at that. But um, once I learned that, you know, hey, there's your your guys like, you know, like Doom, like your Vince's, your your Ish Blancos, your Nate Craters, you know, um, Harold Brothers, you know, they can do all the flips and, and, and all the cool stuff. And I can still be the same enforcer that I was when I'm on a court. You know, I can just hold down my side, um, not be too bouncy. But the good thing <laughs> about being a bigger guy is when I did hit that trampoline, it would suck way in so balls would fly over me. Uh, so... <laughs> That was a benefit of being a, a a bigger guy on the on the trampoline. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm more lean, but I know what you mean as far as the physics of that goes. Um, did you also take Legion of Boom into Elite um, at any point, or was it strictly a UDC team? Yeah, I'm trying to think if we. <clears throat> yeah, we yeah. might have played a couple. We might have played a couple tournaments together. Yeah, because I, I went through some of, like, Facebook, and I don't see any, like, actual, like, team photos of you guys at Elite, but I've seen several people like Chris Bell, uh, I think, start wearing Legion of Boom jerseys, like, just walking around, um, like, standard B-roll shots, but not, yes. like, a team photo, so I'm just wondering if that was ever... Yeah, it was probably not anything that we ever, like, maybe traveled with to, like, a West Coast tourney or, or anything like that, or but uh, we probably did some tourneys like local and AZ just practicing for like, you know, UDC and stuff like that. Hmm. Okay. So, um, there's a story I want to bring up before that. Uh, you said you, you played competitive softball, you played football. Um, did you have any other sports, uh, prior to dodgeball that you played? Oh uh, yeah. I played, uh, uh, baseball, basketball, football growing up. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and obviously, softball is probably your predominant sport transitioning into dodgeball. Yes. Okay. Um, so there's two things I want to bring up. And one of them uh, I already kind of hinted at with you. But I'm going to start with the surprise one first. Okay. So in, in um, and it's funny you mentioned Facebook memories, bringing up random stuff. So a couple of days ago, it, and I wish I had saved it, um, but apparently you guys had created a parody rise team. For an Arizona tournament, <laughs> yeah. and in the tag, instead of it saying "keep it brutal," it was "keep it gentle." 
<laughs> Anyone want to, do you want to explain, first off, where the tournament was, what, you know, it probably was a charity tournament from what it looked like. Yeah. Um, two, who came up with the idea? And three, has Rise ever given you crap for it? Um, you know, I think it was all, all in good fun. Cause, uh, yeah. So my, my dynamic with rise, like was amazing. Like, uh, you know, I think pretty much at any point you could ask any one of them on the team, uh, when they first met me and they probably hated me, um, <laughs> for, for probably good reason, because that's how I acted when I played against them. Cause that's all we had heard about. So any tournament that I went into, I was like, okay, we don't like these guys. Cause they always take stuff from our, you know, from our tournament. So, <laughs> Um, and, uh, even in one Grand Canyon game, I remember it was the first time I got exposure to them. Everybody was like, Oh, this is them. This is them. And, uh, you know, Tim and Jim, uh, pie and, you know, uh, I kept on hearing about, you know, how good they were. And like, you know, I think there was a play where, you know, me and Tim are like right up. It was one of those right up in the line plays and Tim just cocks back and, uh, he went to blast me, and he did get me in the face, but I also caught it. So I ate it, and I caught it at the same time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, a very love-hate relationship in the beginning, and then I, you know, I, I had a stint that I played with him. But, uh, so we got to a point that was, like, all respect, and I love each and every one of those guys, and we formed such an awesome brotherhood throughout, you know, just being a part of dodgeball that uh, <laughs> it was just paying homage to a great team and just having some fun. I think we were calling ourselves rise of sexuality. And that's why I said, keep it gentle. Uh, yeah. You know, and they didn't know, and they didn't know about it. So, you know, everybody got a good laugh at it. And I, you know, I think they appreciated it. And, you know, anytime somebody wants to do something like that, like you see the roast that they do for people, you know, just, just poking fun, but they're really an elite staple. And, and that's why you're doing it. Like, I think they took it as a compliment. Hopefully they did. Um, <laughs> you know, so this is, this is that plug right now. If they didn't take it that way, it was definitely a compliment just to have some fun. So love you well, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure they have. I mean, I mean, I, I, I can kind of attest to it a little bit. Cause when I played out here in the West, um, I wouldn't say I had a love hate relationship. It was more like a big brother, little brother type of thing where mm-hmm. like, Anytime I talk to, especially Tim or Jim or Serge, uh, anytime I talk to them, it would, you know, they would go from either giving me some solid insight or just straight out roasting me. And I'm all about it. You know, having grown up in Detroit, that's what we did. Uh, so it's just like, you know, if I'm going to get roasted by an OG, I take it like, like a form of respect because exactly. if, if they didn't give me the time of day, then I'm probably not worth their time. And that sounds right. Sense. Yep. That's how I, that's how I look at it growing up the way I did. So yeah, it's it's kind of funny when I look at this, I'm like, I'm not gonna warn Brian about this. I'm just gonna hit him <laughs> right. I'm just gonna hit you right with it and see where this goes. Because um, <laughs> I when I saw that, I'm like, oh okay, Brian had played with them a lot longer than I expected. But then when I read the bottom of the jersey, it said keep it gentle. I'm like, that's not what this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not, not their staple phrase, sir. That's not their trademark. That's, that's not, not their. That's not their trademark. Oh man, but no, I'm sure they would. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, this is me, you know, semi speaking for them. I, I'm sure they took it in good humor. Oh yeah, because that iconic uh, silver jersey. Um, if you see that silver jersey, you know they mean business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, you did hint at it before, but how, how many stints? With Rise, did you have, or was it all just one collective stint? Yeah, it was just one collective. I think uh, when we hopped on, um, 
the first tournament I played with him was in New York. Um, the showdown. Uh, yep. And it was just one of those. Uh, it was just one of those things at the time where uh, it was just an opportunity to play with uh, a group of guys, and I think they were down at the time, so we had just talked about it, and they welcomed me aboard. Um, and and it was great. And it's uh, you know it's kind of hard when you play with guys because uh, you know a lot of the teams have great work ethic, but when we first came in, like their work ethic were like nothing I ever you know, heard about in dodgeball. And then later on, like, you know, I know, you know, doom was on the same, you know, things. Uh, I just didn't hear about it when I first came in, but you learn what people do behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, I mean, those guys are, are a true brotherhood. They, you know, work out together most of the time. They're, they're running plays when they do have guys from out of state, they try and include us with like video calls and like things like that. So, you know, they're, they were really setting the bar high, um, you know, and I'm, you look at kind of the players that have been on on rise and I'm not your prototypical rise player, which I think was another cool thing. I think I was like one of the, um, you know, like I said, as far as being a bigger guy, I know my gameplay fits, fits their style well, but uh, you know, those guys are all, you know, pretty workout athletic, you know, things like that. I was a little heavier set guy, you know, even though I, I pride <laughs> myself in carrying my weight well and, and being able to move and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's just a different uh, work ethic and, and from being out of state, it's hard to be able to gel um, with that kind of uh, relationship. Um, mm. But wouldn't, wouldn't take the time that I played with them. It was amazing. You know, we, I think we ended up winning that tournament as well at the throwdown. Um and just had a blast, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, w- I would definitely say that. Uh, and you kind of like hinted at something, you hinted at something I wanted to ask, but before that, you, you mentioned that you're not what you would call your prototypical rise player. And again, this is me speaking from the outside, kind of looking in. When I look at a, a player who could be on rise's radar, let alone roster, I look at a player who brings a certain level of intensity whether it be with 8.5, with foam, with no sting, um, pinch even, because I know Kenny plays with them on pinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a set, there's certain bar brutality you have to have with them to even be on their radar, let alone be picked up. And like I said, you, you fit that bar right away. So, you know, don't sell yourself short on that end. No, yeah, <laughs> if you, yeah. If we're if talking you, about like intensity and all that, then yeah, that's that's, you know, that was me all day. And I think, I think when you're talking about a rise player too, it's like, um, you know, it's, you're going to, you know, it's exactly in their name. Keep it brutal. Like they, they're such animals. It's a, it's a brutalic nature on the court that you almost feel like, you know, these guys are just horrible off the court, but that's not the case (laughs) at all. You know, not at all. they they leave all that anger and all that kind of stuff on the court. And then, off the court, like I said, they're some of the best guys that you'll ever meet. Um, but I've, I've, you know, I've even seen them do respectful things. Like when they're playing co-ed, they can keep that same, you know, mentality when it goes into co-ed, but I've seen them, you know, switch up a strategy and, and not, you know, really blast somebody or, or, or things like that. If they have the opportunity, some people have got blasted, but that was in the heat of the, you know, game. But, um, right. you know, like, like you said, the intensity, um, just, just, you know, basically leaving it all on the court. Like there's, we clawed, we fought, you left your blood, sweat, and tears on the court. That's kind of what I think, you know, when I think of a rise player. So, yeah, you definitely fit that mold. I mean, I can, I, I, 
I can say the few times I've seen you play and played against you, like, yeah, you've had your moments where you might have blown up, but I never felt out of place talking to you after. You know, mm-hmm. you've always had that approachable, you know, kind of vibe. And I, <laughs> it's going to be kind of funny saying it now. I look at you like Uncle Phil, if Uncle Phil was a boxer. like anytime anytime i saw you you know yeah i'll I'll censor this later because i have to you know anytime i had call or a blown an unnecessary stoppage whatever it was it it always reminded me of the scene where uncle phil is in the pool hall and you know he's trying to get i think will's car I think he, yeah. he bet his car against someone from the pool hall and he tells Jeffrey break out Lucille. So anytime I always, <laughs> anytime I always saw you like, I've seen you kind of like lose your, you know, you lose your mind or whatever, obviously not off the court, but on, uh, yeah, I always think, you know, break out Lucille. Like now right. Brian's going to get it real serious. <laughs> now, now it's about to get real. Um, <laughs> and with that, I want to say, um, the first time I played against you, you probably might not remember it, but it was in 2013. It was in the Dodgeball Nation 10K that happened out here in Orange County. Mm-hmm. You had Super Dave on the team. Yeah. I remember looking at that team and us studying the hardest we could, and we were thinking, well, somehow they got Super Dave on the team. Things just got a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember playing that game, like, the first – the first match, we were just getting smoked. The second match, we almost took it. and But we ended up losing because I remember throwing a catch, or I threw right at you when I shouldn't have. <laughs> you turn, I don't remember what it was. I think you leaned over to your left, trying to get a ball out of bounds. Nate shouts something, and you kind of stood up and just grabbed the ball when I otherwise probably would have got you in the back of the head or something. Right, and that's when Super Dave came in and just wiped us out. <laughs> <laughs> so I just remember going through like the the line, you know, high fiving everybody or whatever. And I look at Nate, and I'm like, I look at him like, you know, you didn't have to snitch like that. And then I see like a shadow, an overcast blocking the the ceiling, and it was you. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that just goes back to to me and Nate, you know. Uh, just being synonymous uh, whenever we played sports together, you know, it was probably one of those things that, you know, we had worked on stuff like that. If our attention was ever diverted, we would say stuff. Um, <laughs> and it pretty much means like, Hey, you should probably be in catch position. Cause something's coming your way. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, yo, this is the sneakiest hit I, I would ever land <laughs> against a player I've seen on YouTube who looks like a superhero and he just pull off a superhero hit or a catch. And I'm just yeah. like, well, they're back to the queue, I go, I guess. Um, <laughs> and you just looked at me, you chuckled, and like just you gave me like a fist bump. I'm like, all right, cool, all right, cool. <laughs> you, you didn't have to say nothing. Like I said, for a full year, I only knew you as Swamp Donkey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I didn't even know your name was Brian. I'm like, all right, cool. I got a fist bump. Everyone else gave me a handshake. We good. <laughs> but I, you know, it was one of those things where I wish that uh, you know your connection with Nate would have been like Wi-Fi and would have been a little spotty, like T-Mobile spotty connection. At the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish it would have been a little spotty. Let me just have that one moment. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that was a fun. How was, how was it like playing with uh, Super Dave? That wouldn't have been your first time playing, would it have been? Would, would it have been? Probably in like a big tournament setting, maybe. Um, yeah. 
But but yeah, I mean, who doesn't love playing with Super Dave, man? Uh, yeah, you. When I realized it was you two on the other side of the court, I'm like, this is almost like the perfect marriage of players that I did not think I need to see. <laughs> right. And I would have loved to seen just not first game off the bat on an early Saturday morning. Exactly. <laughs> as a yeah. rookie team for 10K. <laughs> <laughs> like every like just to kind of give you an idea, and everyone at home, you know, we came in obviously fresh fresh face, ready to compete, wanted to go up against the best in the West. And I think there were some East Coast players there too. I remember the Giovinkos being there. And I remember thinking, like, we don't even have our own uniforms. We just literally came in there with guts and glory ready to go. And this was the first thing I seen off the day. I'm like, well, let's set the tone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember some of those days myself. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I wanted, wanted to ask, like, were there any, like, funny road trip stories um, either coming – to California or coming from Vegas or any funny road trip stories between you and Nate? This, oh is, a, this is a question I, I regret asking Nate, but now I'm going to ask you. Okay. Any like funny um, st- road trip stories or anything like so that? There's two that I remember clearly. One that pops up on Facebook all the time, which I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there was a road trip and uh, it's when, yeah, we were headhunters and uh, Chris Bell had fell asleep and uh, <laughs> they they drew a a uh, really uh, realistic looking penis uh, on a uh, like index card or piece of paper and wrote headhunter on it and had it like right by Chris Bell's mouth when he was sleeping. So <laughs> that's an iconic one that pops up all the time on Facebook. So uh, uh, that's a real good one. But before we go into the next one, I just want to say to the viewers: if there's any story involving Chris Bell. Trust that there was a lot of lunacy that went into that story. Yeah, and <laughs> okay. for some reason, and for some reason, penises. I don't know <laughs> what, why that was a thing, but uh, so the one. other one, the second one, uh, Nate and I were on a trip to Cali to play in the tournament, and uh, it was just me and him, and we're trucking along in his in his car, and we're probably. I don't know, maybe a couple hours outside of uh, the hotel that we we're meet. We we're actually going to meet JJ. Um, and, you know, when you're on a road trip and you start to pass like several gas stations on the freeway, mm-hmm. it's probably your sign that you should probably stop and get gas. Um, <laughs> but Nate was like, oh, no, man, we, we got enough gas. Like, you know, I think he had a little like four cylinder at the time, you know, so he's like, I get great gas miles, you know, and it's it's pitch black and so we're driving up this hilly part of california i don't even know where the i don't even remember where we were <laughs> um but we start driving through some place that looks like this town you're driving through a town before you get to like the blair witch woods right oh no you're just seeing all this weird stuff and, like <laughs> we're watching the the little tick marks on his gas gauge just go down there's like two left and literally we see one gas station pops up in the middle of nowhere, right? So he was like, oh my God, I got to try and stop and see if at least the pump is just, you know, like a credit card because there's nobody there. It's pitch black. Luckily, we get out. It takes a, a credit card. So we're good. We start gassing up, but I have to use the restroom. And of course, that place is, <laughs> is closed. So there's like this little gas meter that's maybe, you know, 20 feet away from the car or whatever. So I, I go over there 
and I started doing my business and I look up and behind me is the house that looks like it's from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, no. And on this huge gas pump that I'm in front of, there's a little size, like one of the baby sodas. It's a Mountain Dew. <laughs> and I remember just staring at this thing like, this is this is probably it. Like, we're not going to make it out of here. <laughs> and at that time, uh, the gas pump, like when it's full, it clicks that it's done. And me and Nate both jumped so high because like it was it was silent as all get out. And he's like, "We gotta go." Like, <laughs> so this, this was like an old school like gas clicker, but somehow it took like uh, credit cards. Yeah, it took credit card. Luckily, man, uh, or else I don't even know. Like, I'm I'm serious when I tell you, like, some of these houses look like they're practicing like voodoo and witchcraft and like that thing clicked man and jumped like i was done going to the bathroom nate was like oh i'm gonna hold it till we get to wherever we're going we hopped in the car we just bolted out of there and and got to the hotel to meet up with jj and told him about everything dude it was uh and more of that night even got better like that night got even crazier like hanging out with jj so what was JJ in a purge mask? Like, what was he doing? No, like- <laughs> so we, so it was just more of like a. We get to a hotel and like it actually has a casino in it. Uh, and if you don't know anything about JJ, you know JJ loves to gamble. Right. Oh, I knew that. Um, yeah. Person. So at this time, like uh, we're playing uh, a video roulette poker, or video roulette game, and uh, you know. We're coming. We had come up with a strategy and all this kind of stuff. But Nate's on one side, and me and JJ are on the other. And uh, at one point, Nate was up a bunch of money, and then he got a little cocky, and he was down to like a dollar fifty or something like that. And he's trying to like he starts to like work his way back up from a dollar fifty. Me and JJ are on the other side of this machine, and me and him are using, you know, going halves on bet, and we're just hitting, hitting. We're just making money. And poor Nate is on the other side and he has to hear this. And like at the time he at the time he was like, Oh my god, like my wife's gonna kill me because I lost so much money. And so I think he had worked his way back up and then he lost it all again. And so oh, right before, we're gambling way into it's like four in the morning now. And uh Nate's like so depressed. And you know, me and JJ are like, here man, we have all these tickets that we had cashed out because we're we made some money and we give Nate one and we're like here you go, man. This one's for you. We load it in. We're doing this, and, and we're just hitting it. And if it if it hits, that's all yours, right? Right. So literally, like, we stick the ticket in. We put down the bet. We, we hit the thing, and it starts rolling around, and me and JJ just walk away. And Nate's just in front of this machine. <laughs> and I remember it's, to him, probably seemed like forever, and then the thing hits, and it goes off, and he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we literally got back up to the room, had like an hour sleep, and had to be at the tournament. Like it was, wow, what an um, adventure! An hour sleep. Oh boy, that would have been yeah to be young again. Um, right? <laughs> to like, I'm not. I don't know about you. I'm not a big like coffee drinker in the morning. Um, I don't really spend every day going to Starbucks or whatever. If anything, I go to Starbucks maybe once every six months, if that. That would have been one of those times where I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to have to hit make a Starbucks run 
right? <laughs> for one <Yeah>. hour. <laughs> for yeah, one we're, hour rest. We were definitely hitting those energy drinks pretty hard, so. <laughs> uh, so you went from borderline being murdered and blaming Mountain Dew to <laughs> winning a bunch of money for Nate Evans. Yep. We all we all won a bunch of money and they, you know, saved Nate's life that <laughs> each life at least financially you know because he was financially yeah. and then uh and then yeah like but it makes for one of those great stories man <sighs> nate why didn't you tell me your side of the story um <laughs> now now i feel like if you hear his interview he held back a lot now now i feel like he held back on me wow okay right um, yeah he did <laughs> oh i'm definitely gonna bring this up to him for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> um so you've obviously been in the game for a long time. Um, what inspired the resurgence of Headhunters for what I would call your last dance? Like what? Because as soon as I heard the Headhunter, Headhunters were coming back, I was like, "Oh, this is great!" <laughs> it, it, for me, it was kind of like, "What would happen if you know?" This is just me. Like I said, it's like the last dance. It's like what happens if the '96 Bulls came back to play against uh, the 2008. Boston Celtics or the 2010 Lakers. Like it, it was like a fantasy matchup that now actually took place. What inspired that? Um, that's that last dance, the, the swan song season for you guys. Yeah. You know, I think it was one of those things where, um, you know, uh, just, you know, as you start to progress and older and, and as you know, dodgeball is a competitive sport and it's rough on every part of your body. Um, you know, so I was dealing with like, uh, you know, some knee issues and things like that, um, just from, you know, playing sports earlier, you know, playing football, especially playing tight end and defensive end, um, just getting chopped at the at the legs a lot, you know. So we were kind of thinking like, man, you know, it would be cool to get the band back together again or, or see who we can get back together and, and try and make a push. There's a lot of new, new faces on the scene that we haven't really met before. Um, still some of the you know, the OGs out there, like Rise was still doing their thing, Doom was still doing their thing, you know. Um, you know, pretty much all the Cali teams were, were still doing their thing. Um, and uh, we were like, yeah, let's, 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 let's do it. Let's, let's see, see what it's like and see, you know, a lot of it was just, yeah, to get back out there and see what the headhunter still had and just reunite with all the people that, you know, we missed so much. So, how, how did that feel once you finally stepped on the court? Yeah, I mean, stepping on the court, it's like one of those things like just all hit you again. Um, you know, a little different because, you know, I think um, for me, uh, I was definitely uh, not the player that I was back then. Um, you know, when we came back around, I was still intense and stuff like that. But you get you could tell that, you know, the the beast that I used to unleash, like, just wasn't wasn't the same and and i don't know if that's uh you know i was wearing a knee brace at the time and like i said i I had rehab but i was still coming off an injury so i don't know if i was like you know i really don't want to get too hurt um because i do have you know my life that i gotta you know pursue outside of this and uh Mm. um you know and, and just aging there was like i was just getting up there and kind of like a last hurrah to give you know because when i was playing I had kids, you know, I had kids pretty young. So when I was doing, you know, league out here, my kids would come and, 
you know, they're sitting in the gym and, you know, they're running around and being little referees with me at the time. And, you know, they were older. So it was a cool thing that they were like, Oh, your dad, you're going to a dodgeball tournament again. Your headhunters are back. It's like, yeah, we're breaking that out. So it was cool to be able to show them videos when they were older and uh, be like, yeah, dad, you, you know, you still had it. And, uh, you know, we, we'd love to see you out there again. So that was a cool thing for me. Like it, it kind of put it all in perspective. I got to see everybody again. Um, which is which is huge like that's to me like some of the the bonds and and the friendships that were made during dodgeball are like some of the things that are are the greatest memories and that will last forever and like after tournaments just you know hanging out with everybody and all the laughs and and crazy stories and things like that so it was good to go back and and have like a last hurrah with everybody have a last hurrah with nate um and i think it kind of ended for me on, on on a good note so that's good to hear. Um, when Nate was talking about that, uh, he said in Nationals, um, you guys nearly took out Crisis um, mm -hmm. in the semifinals, which is, I mean, if, you, if anyone knows Crisis, um, they kind of fit that old kind of old school Arizona vibe where they just bring the intensity. Yeah. Only it's a hybrid team between uh, California and Arizona players. Mm -hmm. And um, that team would later go on to lose in the finals, I think it was 5-1 to uh, Heat, another hybrid Arizona-California team. So <laughs> it kind of gives you an idea, like, the times are changing now. It's just like you have two arguably hard-hitting states forming teams together, <laughs> taking the top of the crown. Um, there's another story that, that I want to bring up now, and I want your perspective on it. So I've dubbed this the Brock Lesnar story. And this happened at a Grand Canyons, uh, Grand Canyon Games, and Nate Evans kind of painted the picture for me. So apparently, it was Headhunters against Rise, and it was co-ed, right? Co-ed yeah. is in uh, okay. So it was a co-ed tournament. Uh, Pion blast one of the women on Headhunters, and Nate realizing what was about to happen sees this big dude <laughs> come from the stands borderline causing an eclipse <laughs> charging at, at, at Pion and enter you trying to get in the mix of it <laughs> first off what were you thinking and second like <laughs> how, how close do you think were you to seeing God at that point <laughs> Yeah, so uh, definitely don't think I was thinking at all. Um, but, yeah, Christina's dad. So Christina was playing with us. I remember it, uh, yeah, vividly. So, yeah, Payan had blasted Christina in the face. And, uh, you know, Christina was – still is. I mean, she was just a, a little tiny thing, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and her dad watching, you know – and me being a dad and, and thinking about my daughters, I, I instantly know the, the rage that probably filled in his body. Um, and poor Christina at the time is trying to deal with getting rocked in the face, you know, which obviously, you know, I've been rocked in the face. It hurts. Like you're tearing up and all that kind of stuff. And I know she was like, dad, dad, no. And I could see the look in Pian's face, you know, like, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, just for Christina's dad and just for the sport and everything in general, like, you know, we all knew that, you know, that stuff happens and, and you know, nobody ever wants to see anybody get in the face. And, but it's just such an emotional reaction. 
that I think honestly, I didn't want anything bad to come out of that situation, you know, um, for me and Payan to get literally thrashed or, you know, for her <laughs> dad to have to deal with, you know, something, you know, uh, more serious. Not that I think anything would have came of it or anything, but it's just yeah. something that didn't need to happen, you know, so. Um, but I, I definitely know the emotion that he was feeling, and I, I'm not going to say that he wasn't justified in in his uh, knee-jerk reaction, but uh, I'm definitely glad that uh, cooler heads were able to prevail. One, that I was probably able to step into it because I don't think, you know, like I said, he, he even eclipsed me, and, and I don't really think he cared about me at the time. I was just trying to push Payan back and keep some distance um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a great guy. I mean, I know we had some laughs after that. And, uh, you know, Christina was, was one of those girls that she was just, you know, fearless, um, when it came to playing. So, uh, yeah, that was definitely, I know why you deem it Brock Lesnar because man, yeah, it was like when that music hits on WWE and he comes out. Yeah. That's exactly the feeling I had when I was stepping in the middle and we had numerous conversations after that. People were like, what were you thinking? And the only answer is I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's good to hear your side. It's good to hear Nate's perspective. I know Justin in an interview a couple of years ago, I want to say it was season two. Um, yeah, so it, it's kind of funny. So it was not Brock Lesnar, people. It was not Brock. <laughs> but just to give you an idea, like, he, you know, like Brian said, he he's pretty much built like a tank. And to overshadow a tank, you got to be Brock Lesnar. There's no other point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> either a tank or your Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar just walks in, eclipses the whole gym and put fear in Justin Pine and Brian's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the most logical answer when I asked when he wasn't thinking or what was he thinking? You weren't thinking. Mm-hmm. So that made a lot of sense, <laughs> but you've had talks with him before after. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we would bump into each other and yeah, we had a good, good laugh and, uh, you know, uh, Christina definitely, you know, remembers it well too. So, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Uh, definitely, I'm gonna hint at this later, but or actually, I'll say it now. I'm gonna have Chad Landrum on, and I know he ran those mm-hmm. <laughs> Arizona games, so I might ask him from an organizer uh, from an organizer's perspective what he what did he think about it. Also, another tank that obviously that guy dwarfed. Um, so before we get into some of these crowdsource questions, I wanted to ask, um, did you have any role models in and out of dodgeball that you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, man, uh, getting in dodgeball. I mean, there's the list, the list of guys that I look up to and, and took pieces of their game. I mean, it's, <clears throat> I mean, we don't have enough time. It's, it's, it's endless. Um, I think I've, you know, had, you know, personal conversations with all of them and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, always playing with Nate. That's a big one. You know, Nate Evans. Um, that's my brother for life. And, like, being able to, to share the sport with him has been amazing. Um, outside of that, you know, I got I, I give, you know, big props to, to Bill for, you know, bringing me in and, and showing me uh, kind of the way the, the sport is organized and, and, and how you can build teams and, and things like that. But uh, – yeah, like I said, any any player from AZ, there's so many like competitive teams from Cali that I, you know, everybody from top down in, in dodgeball I respect. Um, you know, going to uh, you know some of the the WeHo uh, tournaments as well, like Sin City, 
uh, when they they ran that. There's there's so many amazing players that come from so many different backgrounds. Um, that uh, if we've crossed paths, know that you know I've respected your game. I've probably took a little bit of of your game from you and tried to establish it into my own. Um, so yeah, I don't want to name drop just so I don't you know. Anybody who listens, I don't want to offend anybody if I if I don't list out their name. But everybody that I come across with, like I'm humbled by their talents, um, and they've last. You know, there's a lasting impression that they everybody in the sports had on me, and and it's something that's uh that's very cool, and and I'm always going to be able to carry that with me. What about outside of dodgeball? Any like outside of dodgeball? Outside of dodgeball, it's, it's it's tough, man. Like I, uh, uh, the story of like positive male role models in my life isn't the best. I think probably, if I had to think about it, I had to go back to when I was playing like little league. I had uh, a friend growing up when I lived uh, in Missouri. Uh, his name was Mike, <clears throat> and uh, his dad was Carter. We called our home called him Homer Simpson. Man, he he is like the <laughs> real live version of homer simpson uh he even worked in like a, the dodge factory at night so he worked in a car factory um but uh you know he would work nights and then he coached our it's when i played a uh, little league baseball i was at their house all the time it was like my second family and uh you know he was always like putting his time into us just teaching us little things here and there um and that's nothing you know, that I've ever had in my life before outside of like coaches that I had or anything like that, you know, um, don't know my real dad. Don't care to, um, that's a crazy story that we don't have to have on this, on this call, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, so I think that's why I look up to all these guys, you know, Nate's been a, a positive, you know, ever since I, I met Nate, he's been somebody to look up to the, the way he carries himself through life. And, and then, like I said, once you start to meet all these amazing people in dodgeball, you know, you just, you just start to, to model and, and try and uh, hold yourself to a higher standard like they do. And, and uh, that's what I try to do. Yeah. Um, you definitely, definitely have. Um, yeah. You, you're someone who I would say um, intense off the court, but a true role model off of it. So um, yeah, I would say if anyone looks at you on the court and they try to, take all from that they're not seeing the bigger picture yeah i think that's for anybody you know like you yeah. definitely have your people that you know that are nice on the court and off the court but you know it it's this this sport where you're throwing things at each other it it yeah. warrants a certain type of intensity um so you can't hold people accountable for what they are on the court um you know once you get somebody off the court that's when you really get to see who they are and you dive into their life and you get to hear their personal stories and you know like you and i have had some conversations and we've been oh. able to relate on retro games and, <laughs> yeah. and you know uh coming from blended communities you know like you know you get to meet all these uh, amazing people so and yeah and i can say um your story will be shared globally so <laughs> take that from it what you will yeah. um so I know, obviously, you're retired, uh, but did you have any um, pregame rituals um, heading to a tournament or anything you had to do uh, to warm yourself up? Um, 
yeah i mean you know we always had the classic rituals like you you play some good music that you you know you're gonna rock out to get yourself all pumped up and and um you know for for me personally like i always had to have like good shoes especially high top shoes to not like roll ankles and stuff like that that was a big part mm-hmm. of my get up and and things like that because like i said as a bigger dude i was always hard on myself so um yeah i mean just just taking yourself into that zone however you had to get there um for me unfortunately it was usually somebody like firing me up like making me mad for whatever reason but <laughs> <laughs> like you said that get like get lucille moment like you know, once once somebody activates that switch, you know, it's like you're like, oh man, here it goes. And I think Nate knows when that switch gets activated because he's like, oh great, here we go. Okay, so this is gonna sound kind of funny, but I've always imagined your warm up or like your pregame ritual, um, regardless of whether if it was like a pre breakfast uh, meal or something. I always just imagine for whatever reason, and I'm not sure why, Nate Evans kind of like slapping you in the face <laughs> like like one at a time one at a time for two right. reasons one because you did mention you played football before and i know yeah. like a lot of times linebackers would do that and two because nate was the only one that would able to you would let slap in the face without hitting him back right. so, <laughs> so i was just thinking like i'm just thinking nate evans is slapping you in the face repeatedly and you just getting amped up ready to go <laughs> But um, you did yeah. mention music and yeah, uh, music and uh, yeah, music. What songs really, hype you up? I couldn't really eat before tournaments either. Like, I, or when I play any sports, like it's hard for me to eat beforehand. So usually, at some point during these tournaments, you know how grueling they are. You're, you're like trying yeah. to get like a sandwich or something. But um, yeah, music wise, man, it's just yeah, anything that's got like that got a good hard hitting beat. You know, rock music is great. You know, to get you amped up about certain things. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want to say like a funny story. Like, yeah, I'm sitting listening to Adele before I go into a tournament to get me psyched up, but it's just not like that. You know, you're, it's not like you're listening that. to all that. You're listening to all that heavy stuff that gets you. You know, the endorphins flowing, get your blood pumped up. You know. <laughs> oh man, um, but you pretty much listen to pretty anything heavy, hard hitting. Yeah, anything heavy hard hitting. I, I love all types of music, but uh but yeah, I mean, you know, you got your hip hop that does it for you. You got some some blends of hip hop and rock, some rock, you know, like anything that, that has like a, a good beat or just like like I said, gets that, that fire in your veins and gets you pumped up, ready to go. Nice speaking my language. Um <laughs> All right, we're going to get into the crowdsource questions. And this is the ultimate one that I'm glad someone asked this first. So Chad Landrum, who's going to be the next guest. Um, let's hear it. How did you get the nickname Swamp Donkey? Yeah, so it's one of those it's one of those crazy things when you're coming up with nicknames. Like, you know, being a bigger guy, of course, when you go into these gymnasiums, not all of them have the best, like, air and stuff like that. So just naturally, like, I'm a – a sweatier guy when you like you you get your jersey you can especially see it when you have like the t-shirts that you would wear in like league and stuff mm-hmm. um and you know nobody wants to be called swamp ass on their jersey you know <laughs> um so i think a, i think a lot of us from az were actually just hanging out one day and like uh you know they were like oh yeah swamp and and stuff like that and then i think somebody threw out the term swamp donkey i want to say it was Charles that did it, but I'm not 100% sure. But I remember that when that came down, we all started to Google 
what a swamp donkey was. And there is a military term for swamp donkey. Really? Um, yeah, there is one, and it, it was a, like a aquatic um, team that they would send out uh, of all amphibious vehicles. They were called swamp donkeys, but there was another one in the Urban Dictionary, and it, oh, the no. description was an extremely unattractive female who goes <laughs> and preys on guys in the bar who are just obliterated drunk that she knows will sleep with her. <laughs> So we all started cracking up and, and thus dawned the swamp donkey. I'm like, well, first off, okay, I, I'm a huge, like, I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge nerd, but I do watch the military channel, mm-hmm. and I know what vehicle you're talking about now, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised it just took me this long to figure it out. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the vehicle, and I'm, I'm trying to, I, I know it's not the official term, but I know it's yeah. used by the Navy SEALs. It's used yep. by SWIC. Um, I know what you're talking about because it, it can be, it could turn, it's to kind of describe it to people at home. It, 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 uh, it looks like a, um, a lifeboat, but once it hits, once it hits the shore, it can almost transform into like a, into a Jeep, the four right. wheel quality. Exactly. And it's mainly used for extraction and rescue. Um, Extraction, rescue, same thing. Uh, extraction. <laughs> so if you're if you if you're taking out or if you're, if you're taking out a hostage, and you're closer to a body of water, nine times out of ten, you're taking them in that machine <laughs> and taking them out to see where they're safe and waiting for a helicopter uh, extract from there. Once you get to shore, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not in the military. I'm just a bit of a nerd that way. So it's kind of <laughs> like I'm kind of figuring. I'm like. Why did I not figure this out? I knew this already. Strange. Um, <laughs> and the fact that you looked at when you said Urban Dictionary, I was already like, okay, I'm gonna have to censor something. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of kept the censored version. There's a yeah, no, you explicit, did. Yeah, there's way more explicit definitions for anybody who wants to go out and Google it. But then you'll get a you get a good laugh because, as you know, in most tournaments, people like to go to the bar afterwards. For sure. So for sure. it was a fitting. It was a fitting. <laughs> description on the urban dictionary and, and if you saw me you know i and you were drunk i probably would look like an ugly you know yeah no so, yeah, yeah no if i'm drunk i'm going to the toilet i'm not doing nothing else <laughs> <laughs> i'm not doing nothing else i'm praying to the porcelain gods at that point right. um so i wanted to look i wanted to go into the the thread a little bit um i c- kind of playfully called out chad did you think i was not going to ask that question Chad, I mean, had to be. It's a good one. Uh, Carrie Lamparelli, who's also a dodgeball OG out there. Do you guys really not know? I won't spoil it, but it's literally one of the first questions I've ever asked him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I you see to... that on somebody's jersey. Like, you cannot ask him. I mean, I think I got asked by so many people, even when we were there. Like, well, what is that? You know, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember I, I I told I responded to Carrie uh, saying, "Hey, I literally only knew him as Swamp Donkey for a year until I saw you on Facebook." <laughs> and just to kind of give you an idea, um, Muhammad Sharik, uh, he he's he's a big fan of the podcast. He, he I believe he runs Dodgeball Pakistan, mm. so he was excited to hear that you're on. Uh, so kind of like 
to give you an idea, um, I talk to people all over the world and there's some people like I'll share old school Arizona clips with. I'm not sure if I shared a headhunters clip, but with him, but I'm sure he's seen it. I'm sure he's seen you at some point. So he was very excited that you're on. Very so cool. yeah, just showing my network some love here. Uh, so Carrie, um, who would win in a one V one versus you and Nate Evans? And Nate is very curious to know. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to say that I would, uh, you know, even though, you know, Nate, Nate was, uh, you know, and probably still is, uh, a very tricky, uh, when it comes to the catches that he can make. Yep. Um, so yeah, I would like to think that I would win that situation, but look, I mean, this is dodgeball. I mean, we've all been in a one V one situation and, and, you know, it, it could be anybody's day. Like that's, that's the awesome yeah. thing about dodgeball is it, it, it doesn't matter your skill set. Uh, any day, somebody could have your number. You're not wrong. Um, it's funny because he's like, I'm very curious what his answer will be. I know mine. He's already, <laughs> he's already like claiming he's going to take it. No problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We might uh, – it wouldn't be the same now, but we might have to to put that in action. You know a what? Out of, a little out of retirement 1v1, me versus Nate. Oh, for you know, sure. So, so here's the thing. Here, I have an idea now that Nate kind of playfully threw himself in the dirt. Um, so I'll, I'll give you a fun fact. I've been kicked out of – a good chunk of tennis courts because I'd rent them. I would rent them out just to play 8.5 and they didn't like that. So I'm thinking I'll put in money and rent out something out in Arizona just to film you guys go at it. Best out of uh, best out of five showdown style. Heck yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sure there's a, uh, I know Nate's got connection because Nate, Nate plays tennis. So I'm sure he's got something that you don't even oh, have to put money. Okay. Down. He, then just, he can handle we, that. We could just make it happen. Yeah. We, you guys can do that. And I got to, y'all got to bring GoPros. I need commentary. <laughs> I need all the young people to see this is what OG is going at. It look like, like you guys got to do it for the, do it for the gram. Um, <laughs> so I, I threw in a few questions. So outside of the Brock Lesnar story, um, <laughs> favorite Grand Canyon, moment uh that you had yeah my favorite grand canyon moment was kind of one of the ones that i brought up earlier was like one of the first times meeting rise and and taking a wicked shot pretty much like the the shot christina took from pian but from tim (laughs) uh right in the face to close out a game um i remember it was one of those ones that when i took it i even like slid backwards on my back (laughs) and just kind of had to collect my thoughts for a second (laughs) <laughs> and, and then and then popped up because I realized what had just happened. Um, so yeah, that that was definitely a, a defining moment in a Grand Canyon game for me. Okay, um, so that's definitely yeah, taking a face shot like that from Tim, <laughs> no joke. Uh, I've taken several and caught several, so yes, again, yes. no joke. Um, so Nate brought up this moment, and I wanted to ask you: uh, Would you be willing to run it back in an eight point five match between? the best Tucson and Phoenix players, i.e. you versus Shank again. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I love Shank. Uh, yeah, I would definitely, you know, I would I would run back any of those moments. Uh, speaking of <laughs> Shank, there was a time, you know how he's got all those weird throws, right? Yeah, it doesn't make we, sense. We were in Tucson <laughs> playing in an open gym, 
And uh, he threw one of those weird things that he throws, but it was rising. And I thought I was going to be able to catch it. And the thing hit me right in the throat. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I was like, I can't even believe that I call this guy my friend. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I remember having some intense battles. Like, yeah, I would love to do any of that all over again. It's funny because I was trying so hard not to mention that you got knocked out by Shank, but yeah. you kind of yeah. just did that. No, yeah. right, cool. I, I, you know, I give props to props to do, man. Yeah, it, it's there. It's there. <laughs> um, Nate Evans again. Who's the one player you wish you could have played with that you never got a chance to play alongside? So he's really asking you to dig deep. Was there a player you wish you would have played with? Um, man, there's a or several that you'd like to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely several teams. Uh, you know, there were some teams that were out of Texas that I, you know, I would have loved to play with. Um. Uh, Super Smash Bros. comes to mind. Um, uh, another team that I met when I was in NDL, when I was playing NDL before all the you know drama popped off and everybody quit NDL. But um, mm. Empire Empire State Dodgeball, um, you know Rob Hometown, Brett Adams, oh, wow. those guys. It was always uh, we had always talked about you know uh, linking up to do a tournament together, but it never happened. Yeah, so would have loved to play with those guys, but uh, just never got a chance. Played against them, never got to play with them. It's funny, you and Steve share the same sentiment in that way. Um, you guys have to, you have to have to play against each other before you retire one last time. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I, would, I would, I would come out of retirement to to, to play in a tournament with them. Uh, they're just a great group of guys, but uh, you know, I'm super fortunate that I got to play with like a lot of the people that I admire. Uh, you know, just being, you know, there's there's obviously, you know, I got to play with, uh, you know, some people from Mixed Plate Crew, the Hawaii team uh, from, oh, yeah. from in Vegas. You know, so those are a bunch of good guys. We got to play with some of them. And, you know, there's there's probably people out there now that, uh, you know, if I saw them playing because I've been out of it for a little bit now, that I'd be like, oh, man, I would love to, you know, to, to grace the court with them, uh, some of the young and up-and-comers. But, uh, you know, that's uh, – a lot of the AZ West Coast connection, you know, Cali connection, we've we've uh, intermingled, and and that that was really amazing to get to play with some of those guys. So, yeah, I didn't know you played with uh, mixed play crew. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, those are uh, again. We met them when we were in Vegas, and and there was some tournament that we were putting together, and we got to play with you know, uh, not all of them, but you know, a couple of them that made it over. We got to play and and form a team together, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so Vince Marchbanks, he asked you. He asked a very interesting question, and um, I wanted your perspective on it. And I'll share mine because uh, this actually took me by surprise. Mm -hmm. So, why do you allow people to call you Swamp Donkey? I never liked it. I think I was. I think I was more offended than you. I mean, you're a black king, and you should be addressed as such. Um, before you answer, when I when I thought about this question. I didn't look at it too much into the racial component. So to kind of give everyone an idea at home. Um, so when I thought of Swamp Donkey, again, I didn't think about the amphibious vehicle that I should have already known about. Uh, what came to mind was a movie called Full Metal Jacket. And um, for anyone who's watched that movie, it's a very intense movie. I'd actually put it a step below Apocalypse Now. 
um, as far as illustrating what the uh, Vietnam War was like. And in the beginning of the third act of the film, there's a character, a platoon leader called Animal Mother. Now, a nickname like that doesn't really strike fear, but this guy does. And pretty much he will do whatever it takes to make sure he and his men come home. And some of the stuff he may do in the movie or leading up to introducing them might be heinous, but his objective is to bring his guys home. So the name Animal Mother doesn't sound intense, nor does it sound intimidating, but neither does Swamp Donkey. But if you knew Brian, Brian is all about his family. Brian is all about his crew. So when I thought about that, some even though it was not synonymous with the film, it gave me an idea kind of like Brian is kind of like Animal Mother. You don't cross him. He's a family-oriented, a family-oriented man. And even though the nickname might not strike fear, um, that it should, it should, in, it, you should respect Brian. So when I looked at this name, I instantly thought Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. even though it's not a name in the film. So I'm gonna let you take over. Um, I think I said all I needed to say. Uh, yeah. If there was a component that I missed, I'm sorry, but that's pretty much what I got from it. Yeah. Um, again, um, I'm a big nerd, so. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. And, uh, <laughs> You know, Vince, Vince is, uh, Vince Marchbanks, you know, OG, uh, still doing his thing. So I don't know if we can call him an OG yet because he, he's not hung it up from that I know of. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I highly, you know, respect Vince in all aspects. He's one of those guys that uh, I look up to, um, you know, from being his competitor on the court to being a teammate of his at one point um, and then just being a friend off the court, um, you know, to see – you know, how he would interact with his team, Doom. They were like a family, you know, headhunters. We tried to mirror the same thing. We were like a family. Um, and I know, you know, Vince in his personal life, he he holds himself and people around him to a higher standard, which is amazing. Uh, he has amazing family, amazing wife, amazing boys. Um, I understand uh, where he's coming from as far as, you know, you know, when he says, you know, you're a black king, um, I get that the Swamp Donkey name was deemed out of something when we were young and it was funny to us at the time. And, you know, I don't think at the, at the time and, you know, 06, 08, there was things going on that were going on in the world as of recently that, you know, has become hard for people. Uh, So did I really take offense? I don't, I didn't take offense to it because uh, as you and I spoke about it a little bit, you know, I come from a blended family. Uh, my mom's white, my dad's black. Uh, when I was growing up, I wasn't accepted in either community. Um, you know, my my skin color is is lighter complected. Um, I wasn't black enough uh, for you know for certain black people where I, where I grew up. I grew up in East St. Louis, um, and then you know obviously you know on the white side when you go into certain areas, they're like look at your skin color and they don't want you there. Um, so I had to navigate a lot of my life. Uh, just in uh, a gray area and wondering what community I belong to or who would accept me. Um, but through that, um, when I was growing up, I, I established early that, you know, my skin color doesn't define me. My skin color doesn't define others. Uh, we're all Kings and Queens. Uh, we need to hold each other to a higher, you know, a higher standard of, you know, don't look at a person of their color, get to know that person, get to know, 
the qualities about them. You know, there, there's always going to be things that we relate to. There's going to be things that we disagree upon, but that's what makes us individuals. Um, you know, my fam- my family's blended now. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I pass on to my kids that, you know, you respect everybody. You hold everybody to that standard. Um, and the ones who aren't on that same path with you, you just, you know, you don't need them with you. Uh, so I love Vince's where he was coming from. I, I humbly look at his comments and, and it makes me prideful that he sees me that way. Um, but, you know, I wanted to be just defined as a king. I don't want to be labeled as a color king. I just want to be Brian the king. And they remember, you know, when you see, oh, yeah, Brian, you know, he was cool off the court. But, man, you didn't want to be in front of him on the court. <laughs> um, and a nickname, to me, like a nickname is just a, a nickname. Like I said, we were immature at the time. And, and it got, we all thought it was funny. Like I said, when people Google the Urban Dictionary and they read all that stuff, they're going to get a kick out of it. Um <laughs> But but I definitely know where Vince was coming from, and I and I you know I'm humbled by his comment. I got tons of respect for him. Um, I'm sorry that he was offended by the name. Um, was this ever something he brought up? Because you no, did say was, that he he did he, you did mention that you played. Did you play on Doom with him, or what team did you play on? Oh uh, no, him? we didn't play on Doom. To get, we actually played at uh, Sin City uh, Vegas oh, okay. together. Yeah, yeah. But uh, right. no, so, we um, never had a conversation about that necessarily. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, you know, but I, I definitely know, you know, like I said, I know the the, the standard that Vince holds himself and, and people around him, too. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't take offense by him asking or, you know, if he was or if he was offended by the comments uh, or by the nickname, you know, I, I wish we may have had more conversation about it. Um, but uh, he knows how much love I have for him. Like I said, he's got a beautiful family. Uh, the way he carries himself is 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 uh highly respectable and uh you know it's something that we can all you know learn from yeah um you know i'm just a big diversity inclusion guy like i don't like i don't put i don't like putting color labels on people or anything like that like i think we all you know deserve uh you know to sit atop our throne and and have like-minded individuals along with us on the ride so um yeah you know I would go to bat for Vince any day. Uh, I know he would do the same for me. Uh, and, just, you know, just like that for anybody in my circle, you know, they know I'd be there at the drop of a hat. So I, I appreciate his comment and I respect it. And I definitely, if he wants to reach out, we can have further conversation. I, w- I would love to have that. And, uh, you know, I, I am sorry that I made him feel that way. And, uh, you know. If anything, the way I read the question, I think he was more offended not because it was directed at him, yeah. but more offended just at the name itself. Um, yes, definitely. And, and at it, least that's it, the way yeah. I read it. I'm not speaking for him. I'm just saying yeah. I'm just reading it the and, way I read it. And being that, uh, you know, I definitely feel that, you know, from that comment, like he respects me as an individual and a person and uh, on that level. <laughs> I, I definitely get it. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that nickname hopefully didn't offend others. And if it did, it definitely wasn't intended. Like I said, we were all young at that time and it was just – dawned out of something that was hilarious at the time so yeah um i i could definitely see that i mean <laughs> there's a lot of things that we've said or have done that 
you know, our older selves would cringe at now. So right. I, like to think we're more, I like to think right now we're more educated than we were back in 06, 05, yeah. 07. Yeah. I like to think one of the best things that came out of social media was awareness yeah, and education, especially in, a, in, an, in an era where misinformation is also spread. You know, we also have solid information and education to permeate from. So there is that, maybe not so much a filter as far as misinformation, but education is more spread out, proliferated. Definitely. Uh, I'm kind of going in circles, I guess, but I, I, I like to think that if, you know, if you're crazy enough and let's say you started dodgeball now, <laughs> right. as old as you feel, I, I doubt that that would probably be your nickname <laughs> now, but at least it, it does give some context as far as like being young, being stupid. Right. Uh, yeah. Again, talking in circles, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm a nerd. Uh, we've already established that. We, we all have our nerd side, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like 50% nerd and everything. <laughs> I'm like 50% nerd, 50% hood. It, it is what it is. <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm going to ask you two things. So first, the legacy question, which is a question I've asked everyone in season five. Um, so Brian Armand, I mean, you've played on, you've captained Headhunters, you've been on Rampage, Legion of Boom, Rise of Brutality. You've pretty much been a part of every staple team of the past. So with your retirement, obviously being official, um, how would you like to be remembered? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm... Um, I think I'm one of those guys, uh, like you said, like uh, you saw you saw him coming or you saw that that was your first draw in like a tournament or something like that. <laughs> and that I was just one of those players where you're like, man, this is not going to be a fun day starting out like this. Or, you know, even even the fact that, you know, you're like, yeah, this is, you know, I always love being like one of the, you know, first people like targeted to get out or, or just being known as like, yeah, it's definitely a problem when he's on the court and uh, don't let him back on the court. <laughs> you know, so those are those are some of the things, you know, like, you know, there's been multiple things that I've been like people said, you know, I was, a you know, a good, one of the better throwers, um, you know, one of the lockdown, you know, I locked down the corner spot. Um, I can catch when I need to. I had a patented, you know, uh, catch that I would do where I would slide backwards uh, on my butt slash back and catch a ball, you know, yeah. that that got people numerous times and uh, they knew it was coming, yet it still happened. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think Nate put it the best one time. He was like, man, he's like, you're like the enforcer. He's like, if we need yeah. you to do something, you're just going to go get it done. Um, and then in my prime in the younger days, it was all about those suicides, man. You know, there's so many clips of me doing some suicides. <laughs> I, I, I loved, I loved the suicide, man. Me, Alan, Chris Bell. Oh, I got to see these clips. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see these clips. Not, not for nothing. I, I, I'm, I don't think you did a suicide on us, but I, I, no, you didn't actually, you didn't do it. So I got to see w what it looks like to see a behemoth flying at yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely, uh, I, I definitely have watched some videos and been like, man, uh, there's some clips, man, where I've been on a tear, just blocking a couple balls and just going up for that last suicide. Like it was, it's just one of those things. That's the element of the game where it's a fun aspect of it. 
But uh, you definitely have to keep it controlled too because you can get a lot of face shots at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so when I look at you, I look at your the legacy at least you left with me. Um, for one, yeah, I would say enforcer for sure. Um, it, it, yeah, I look at it this way. Like if you played against headhunters back in the day and you thought you can get away with not taking that back of the hand out or finger out and Nate Evans knew it and the refs missed it, Brian would know about it and you would definitely get it 10 times worse next time. Right. <laughs> so uh, I would definitely say, yeah, you, you did not want to cheat ever. Don't ever cheat. But if you did cheat against headhunters, nine times out of ten, Brian would know about it, mm. <laughs> and you would you would be dealt with something harsher. Um, that's one. Two, um, you were always passionate. Definitely left everything on the court, whether it was round robin, whether it was elims, uh, maybe even open gym at Arizona during that say day. At that point, you always left it on the court, and that's something I always respected between you, between Tim, between Jim. Um, I always said, like, for me, whether it's open gym, round robin, elimination, whatever, um, this is going to be a reminder for myself <laughs> to edit, but I I never liked right. and I wouldn't do that. So, like, you guys, like, that inspired me to, you know, to continuously do that. I, regardless of the setting, give it everything you have, and you definitely, definitely proliferated that. Um Another thing, yeah, I, call, I jokingly call you Uncle Phil because, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you definitely have given me some solid advice, whether it be dodgeball or retro gaming or whatever. Like, you definitely were there um, several times in the past, geez, 12 years, <laughs> 10 years, wow, right. getting old, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've definitely been there several times. And um, like Uncle Phil, like, you're, you're a staple in not just the dodgeball community, but the dodgeball community that includes fathers. Um, between you, between Kenny Cox, between Vince, and anyone who who carries that name, fatherhood, or that title of fatherhood, um, off the court, like you, I feel like in some ways people look at you and look at how you model yourself and treat your family and raise them because, yeah, I mean you might you might not have had a a standard to to reach to as far as your father, and I don't want to go into that obviously, mm-hmm. but you're setting the standard of what you wish you could have had. You're setting the standard twice, twice over. You know, you're proving that we can't use this excuse, oh, I didn't have a good father, so I can't be one. You're ultimately being the man that, yeah, that that your family is blessed to have. You're the staple that they need. And despite whatever hardships you may have dealt with before, um, you definitely have the, the right to hold your crown high, man. And as a dodgeball player, um, I would say you're very intense. But as a man, you're very respectable. And uh, that that resonates proudly with me. Um, I'm not a father. Uh, who knows if I will be one. But if I'm a tenth of the father you are, I'll be a better man for it, man. So as far as your legacy with me goes, you and OG, man. And doing this interview with you has been an honor. I appreciate that, man. I, pre- I appreciate the kind <laughs> words. And uh, listen, if you are blessed that that one day to become a father, it's a uh, it's a learning <laughs> process. Uh, my my kids, my wife have taught me how to be the person I am today. Um, and like I said, then I just took from other 
awesome male role models that I got to meet, like yourself, the Vinces, the Nates, you know, the things like that. And, and that all becomes part of the character that, you know, I instilled in myself. And uh, it's going to be awesome to let my kids listen to this because, like I said, you know, they grew up in the dodgeball community with me. Um, <laughs> you know, so them getting to hear, you know, people, you know, you know, thinking of their dad as an OG in a sport and, and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, you know, granted, we all want this to be a professional sport someday, but uh, just them knowing like the community that we, you know, entered into that we were trying to create at the time, you know, now that I'm retired, you know, I hope, you know, the new people coming in respect it as much as we did and, and can take this to newer heights that we weren't able to. Um, yeah, it's uh, I'm humbled to be a part of of the interview thanks for thinking about me uh so highly it, it, it means a lot thank you and my next question um obviously uh taking over for the podcast in season five while steve is deployed um he should be back sometime next year so i wanted to ask you um before we before i ask you who you want like to shout out um was there any like endearing moments with steve damon that stick out to you whether they were on the court at bogeys any endearing moments that uh you shared with steve yeah um you know uh steve is one of those guys he's an amazing individual um i got to i got to meet all these tucson guys when they were pretty young and, and uh we all were doing different things like navigating relationships together and and all that kind of stuff like you know um so yeah uh you know S steve and i both have went through some pretty crazy relationships while we were in uh dodgeball um and being able to lean on each other through experiences and and be there for one another uh, we had a lot of good heart to hearts and you know maybe a couple tears here and there and you know he's he's definitely a guy that has last you know, left a lasting impression on my heart. And, you know, I, that guy does amazing things. And, uh, you know, I know he's very successful in what he does and, and uh, I can't be more happy for him, uh, you know, with the way his life has progressed. And I just wish him all, you know, the luck with everything moving forward for him and can't wait till he gets back. Hopefully <laughs> he gets to hear, like you said, we're doing these podcasts. Hopefully he gets to hear my voice on here and, you know, brings a smile to his face, you know, maybe, a, maybe a little tear cause he misses me so much, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I definitely, he, I miss him a lot and would love to have a, a beer with him when he gets back. Oh, for sure. That, that's the plan. Um, so I kind of hinted at this at the very, very beginning, um, with Nate, with you and next with Chad, um, I'm kind of like doing what Nick Fury did in uh, the first phase of Marvel uh, where he like put the Avengers together. Right. So I kind of want to set the stage for like season six where I set you three and maybe another person who else, who else he could pick up, but for you three and Steve to have like a Arizona OG panel, <laughs> just to get that going, just to set the seed for that, because I think people want to hear um, what it was like in the beginning and his highs, his lows and, any funny stories that maybe you forgot to share, but oh, yeah. you know, with Steve would probably flood right back and with Chad or fl flood right back. And with Nate, all the memories he forgot, he forgot to tell me he nearly got murdered in Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. <laughs> you just bring all that back. Just, I want to set the seed for season six to have at least that 
maybe two or three part episode more for me if anything but (laughs) yeah i would love that i'm sure there's some stuff we can bounce off of each other that would just be amazing (laughs) see steve i'm setting the stage up for you um (laughs) so before we wrap this up do you have any shout outs you like to give yeah i mean uh you know uh give a shout out to obviously headhunter crew you know all all the brothers and sisters that were part of the headhunters that you know we we did amazing things together i love all of you um any az league that i played in you know i probably gave the refs too much crap at some point and <laughs> you know but hopefully i was nice to him afterwards you know for the vinces the marks you know mark mark acom is like one of those gods in, in dodgeball that we you know a dude worked so hard with all these tournaments and everything, and I don't think he got enough credit for everything that he did. And you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you want to sit off here and, and rattle off all these names: Vince, Mark Banks, you know, Nate Crater, <laughs> Ish Blanco, the Harold Brothers, um, you know, Super Dave, <laughs> you know, all, all those guys. But you know, literally, like I said before, like I don't want to be anybody offended because I didn't say their name because anybody that I've you know, played on the court with, played against, with, you know, I've respected, um, you know, they've they've made lasting impressions on me. And and I think everybody is amazing from, from top to bottom. Like, you won't meet any more special group of people than you will when you're playing dodgeball. Just because there's such a variety of backgrounds that it comes from. It's not like playing football or baseball, you know, like that. You're getting you know, the mix of co-ed, you're getting the mix of, you know, all these different nationalities. You know, like you said, people have traveled from all over at some of these tournaments from other countries that we got to meet, you know. Like, I remember being in Vegas and people coming from Australia uh, yep. and, and playing. So getting to meet, like, that's the cool thing. And, you know, I never got to, to travel. Like, you know, one dream was, you know, be a part of, like, Team USA or, or, or something like that and, like, getting to go to another country and do all that kind of stuff and immerse yourself in that culture. Never got to do that, but got to live off the experience of the guys I had, and and that's what this the sport creates. And like it's, yeah, there's there's nothing like it. Yeah, man. Um, from <laughs> an OG in Generation One to I guess me in Generation Two, we'll definitely carry it forward. And <laughs> I, you know, looking next year, I'll definitely look to travel and and share some stories <laughs> once they kick definitely. off. Um. Yeah, and we'll wrap up. All right, and that was my interview with Brian Armand. Brian, thank you so much for hopping on and, um, you know, taking time out of your day, share your story. Uh, Next week, I'm going to have Chad Landrum. And like I said before, hopefully in season six, we'll have a Arizona OG panel because having these three guests on, uh, (laughs) I can only imagine what would it, uh, having these three guests on, um, (laughs) I can only imagine what it would sound like, feel like uh, when you put them on the same uh, Zoom call and have them discuss old war stories, so to speak. So that'll definitely be a fun thing to look forward to in season six. If you've listened up until this point, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.